This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Gang is all here. Zacchino, Scully, Weeks. Well, it's a major in the week of golf. That's why. And I'm not referring to the first women's major of the year. I'm referring to the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. So it means all hands on deck. What a tournament. <laughs> Close call, we'll get though. into that. We'll get into that a little bit today. I don't know where I am on this. I mean, thank God uh, we had Adam and Nick with a chance to win. That kind of engaged me. I don't know how engaged you guys were. I was kind of flipping around the dial. The good news is we had a lot of Canadians with a chance to win this week. Uh, we didn't pull one out, so it could have been a, quite an epic week in the world of golf. Uh, we're going to break it down for you and kind of go around the horn. Uh, interesting week coming up in Mexico. We'll talk about that a little bit more uh, Wednesday, but uh, the first thing I guess we'll get to this morning, we're going to get into it uh, right off the top. So uh, before we do, uh, boys, you got an opening date on your golf course yet, Bob? Oh, mine was open last week, open on Wednesday, and uh, I'm planning to play nine holes today if the weather is warm enough and cool enough for my dad's liking. <laughs> oh boy, so you're gonna that, that's gonna be like gear. I think what are we like a high of eight at at the top end? I mean, Scully, I think so, where yeah. are we on baby? Might be might be another pass today. Well, I mean, Bob, for you, if you can throw on some of that fleece that we got from Adidas back in September, you'll be warm out there, actually. I, I think I think you should embrace the conditions. Uh, but to answer your question, Mark, <coughs> excuse me, Bayview opens tomorrow, and I was actually a part of our opening announcement, which we did from the Sports Center set. So uh, Bayview opens tomorrow, and I am planning on being on the first tee at about 8 a.m. on Saturday morning. I might need a couple layers. And uh, we'll see. How about the hunt? Is it? Uh, Toronto Hunt yet? opens today. Uh, and oh. I will not see the first tee of that golf course for several weeks. I am not going out <laughs> and playing in this uh, fictional golf weather. Just not going to happen. Um, Come on. No, not a chance. There is zero chance. And, uh, and, if, and if any, I've got a lot of things on the calendar coming up. Um, as we all do collectively for uh, our friends at Golf Canada and the RBC Canadian Open, things of that nature. Uh, I will tell you this right now. Um, if it's anywhere near these temperatures through May, I will just, I'll be sorry, guys. Sorry. not. I mean, my back is so locked up. It is absolutely brutal because as you guys know, last week I had the, uh, the pleasure of getting out. And uh, thank you again, guys, for... Uh, for taking the uh, the baton and running with it and giving me the opportunity to play Marion. That that was awesome, but it was cold. It was cold, and I kind of suffered through it with the lower back, and I'm still paying for it. So I will, I mean, I am. I will not be doing that in, in the foreseeable future. My golf season might start. When's it get hot, Bob? May 25th, usually the day after the long weekend is when golf season arrives, typically. <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm actually just looking at the forecast here right now for the Toronto area. Here are the highs uh starting tomorrow. 10, 11, 12, 13, 11, 12, 10, 9. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. not great weather, and that's the highs. And then, yeah. and then on uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday next week, uh, rain all in the forecast. Absolutely wonderful. Okay, so we're in a wait-and-see scenario right now for golf as far as this guy's concerned. Good luck to both you gentlemen braving the conditions. Uh, And if you're listening to us in a part of the country where spring has truly arrived, then uh, glad for you and happy and get out there and enjoy it. Okay, we got lots to get to today. Um, So much in the world of golf. We're going to hear from Lucas Herbert, who won this week on the DP World Tour, actually uh, just squeezed out over top of Aaron Cockrell. I thought we were going to have a Canadian uh, victory. We will get to that. Uh, It almost happened on multiple tours. Uh, But first, let's hit some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. All right, guys. uh, The big news, and I'm not even going to pretend to technically understand what happened here in terms of what they did, but Tiger Woods had another surgery. Uh, it was to alleviate s- some pain that he's been experiencing in his foot. We've all heard about the plantar's fasciitis. Uh, from everything I've read, Bob, it-, it sounds like we're a year away, maybe ten months to a year away. If 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 he, in terms of a, a normal rehabilitation cycle on this most recent surgery, there's a chance he might be able to lollygag it at the PNC in a golf cart. Is if you're on the optimistic side of things. Um, how much do you know about this procedure that has just been done? And have you heard something different? Uh, no, I mean, I've heard, I I spoke with a, uh, podiatrist, a well-known guy actually who in the Toronto area, who's done this surgery on a number of, um, doctor, a number of uh, athletes, not golfers, but other athletes. And he said, uh, that first of all, this surgery happens and he won't even be able to put any weight on his foot for three months then the rehab starts so this year i would say yeah pnc in the fall might be an optimistic goal but i would think he's more likely looking at next year's masters or perhaps genesis uh, which he did this year as well we'll see where he comes back now that is on a time scale the other part of this operation is that it essentially fuses your foot not from going not from going sort of forward like in a running motion you could lift you know you can you can bend from the shin, let's say, over your toes, but you can't shift left or right. So when you, uh, in this case, it's Tiger's, uh, which foot is it? His left one? I can right. never remember. Right. His right, right foot. foot. So, so he cannot shift his weight out to the backside of, let's say, the outer part of his foot. He, his foot, his back foot, it was, was described to me by Dr. Tej Sahoda, was that it was like it would be in a block of cement. It would just be sitting there. It wouldn't be able to move left. It wouldn't be able to move right. His front foot, which he can get up onto, obviously, for his power, is going to be fine. So there is some hope. But this, the way it was described to me again was from this doctor was, this is the kind of surgery you have when you're worried not about being able to play golf or run or whatever. It's, it's, it's about quality of life. It's being able to walk with your kids uh, doing those kind of things. So this is a pretty big step for Tiger to do this, but I don't, know if he had any other options so from what i'm understanding bob just to kind of simplify it a bit this is this kind of basically uh removes rotational mobility of the ankle so you you can still go up and down but any kind of rotation or tilt or side lean etc 
is Gonzito. Yeah. So now we get into the, the conversation that you and I were already getting into, as well as Adam, around Masters time, which was, you know, Tiger was already talking for the first time ever in that presser about, you know, his career winding down. Maybe this is the last time or one of the last times that every time he plays Augusta, every time he plays the Masters, that it could potentially be the last time he plays. Um, are we talking the big R here, guys? Could this could this be retirement? Adam, where are you right now? I'm going to go back to Bob for this as well, but where, where are you on this, Adam, right now in terms of how likelihood, what's the likelihood in your mind? Like, would you be shocked if you got a retirement announcement come the end of the year? Knowing Tiger and how stubborn he has been throughout his career, I will say no in terms of retirement. But if you think of what Bob just described and the doctor he spoke to and everyone we've heard from this, it's like, does he have to swing flat-footed almost to, to actually make a turn, to actually hit a golf shot anymore? So in that case, I don't see how you play competitive golf like that you know we've seen him rebuild a swing a hundred times either due to boredom or due to his body being broken down 150 times i i do know that if this was his left foot he would be done for sure oh, from the very but, beginning if this had been his left leg we would it was forced retirement for sure yeah but for, for tiger i mean he'll do everything he can i believe because mentally i i think he really wants to get to 83 pga tour victories and then perhaps at that point or you know get the consecutive cut streak at the masters but it seems i mean but we've we've played you could almost play one of our shows back four or five years ago when he was going under the knife again we thought he was done for sure and now look what he did so i would never count him out but due to this injury and everything that his body has been through and will continue to go through it's i i I'm optimistic. Hopefully he'll come back, but I really don't see how it's physically possible for him to come back competitively in some way, shape, or form. There's something that we're completely forgetting here as well, guys. It really hasn't been touched on much. Everybody's talking about the Masters and everybody's talking about, you know, Riviera. Can he come back? Is is that a realistic target of what he's going to come back? What about the millions of dollars on the line with the t the, the new golf league? They believe the TGL Golf League with him and Rory McIlroy. Okay, so we know you don't have to walk. Bob, we know that they're building an arena specifically for this, with it, which is going to be state-of-the-art, giant jumbotron simulator machine. There's going to be uh, some type of short game facility, for lack of a better term, center ice. How Canadian did that just get? That the TGL Golf League is going to have a short game facility at center ice. That's the best way of, of describing it. They'll turn around and they'll have some kind of short game with it. But we got Tiger, Rory, Rob. This was Tiger and Rory's baby. This was part of the pushback to the Live Golf Series. There's going to be huge media partners involved with this. Uh, we're talking primetime TV on Monday nights. Bob, what happens to this if Tiger can't, never mind walking, what if he can't hit a golf ball? Well, then he becomes the MC, I guess, right? He becomes the ceremonial starter, as it were, and maybe he's the uh, guy in the booth uh, calling the play-by-play -play on this league. There's probably some options for him to do something to stay involved and his presence is half the battle but I do agree with you that if he isn't able to hit a shot then I think it does limit this a little bit but there's still enough star power there that I think 
as long as Tiger is front and center, I think it'll be okay. But I, he would be disappointed, you know that, because that's what he wants to do. Now, hopefully in something like that, maybe he can, he can resurrect his leg enough to, uh, to make some good shots and make some good swings. Doesn't have to walk very far. Doesn't have to go up and down hills. Before we uh, go to break, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this. And on the other side, we gotta get to uh, to uh, Nick and Adam, who almost pulled it out at the at, at the Zurich, which was uh, just an amazing stretch in the middle of their alternate shot round. I mean, to to string those kind of birdies around uh, together in an alternate shot format is, is just absolutely crazy. But uh, before we before we close this, knowing what we know about Tiger, knowing what we know about how competitive he is, et cetera. And now physically where he's at, you know, years ago, I said, we'd never see Tiger on the champions tour, that he has no interest in going out on the champions tour and being that. And now recently in the last year or so, he's kind of alluded to some comments about getting out there and getting his buggy and playing golf with Freddie. And that is so I was starting to get a little, I guess, more optimistic that we might see him a few times a year on the champions tour now with this latest setback, another surgery, how bad his leg actually is, I'm kind of leaning back the other way of, you know what, when he pulls the plug, that's it. We might see him a ceremonial tee shot at Augusta. We might see him at the PNC or something like that. But other than that, I think that's it. I'll just say to you guys, yes or no, do you think we see him on the Champions Tour? Adam? I think we still do. He he still wants to play golf. I I just don't see him quitting. I I really don't see him just shutting it right down. Say at the end of the year, I, I think he's going to continue grinding as much as he physically can until his body simply says enough. Bob, I, I think you'll see him there. He hinted it a little bit, talking about carts being being able to take a ride with it when he was at the Masters. So I think you will see him there if it's only in some kind of a ceremonial or pseudo ceremonial aspect. All right. Well, let's see. We will wait and see. And I'm just worried, Skull, when you say, you know, until his body absolutely doesn't prov- allow him at all to do it anymore, I'm just worried that we're, we might be getting closer to that timeline than we actually think, regardless of how bad he wants it. All right. On the other side, Zero Classic in New Orleans. It's Nick Hardy, Davis uh, Riley. They get the win. Uh, pretty interesting story here uh, of, of how this team even, you know, comes together. They weren't even supposed to play together. Next thing you know, grabbing wins and, and whatnot. It's a two-shot victory, though, over Adam Hadwin, Nick Taylor. They really put on a show on the weekend. Goes 64-63. We'll get into it on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Design with more carbon for more forgiveness. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakino Week Scully. It was a busy week in the world of golf and many close calls in terms of Canadians having an opportunity to win. And maybe outside of the DP World Tour, the closest call came on the PGA Tour where Adam Hadwin and Nick Taylor just made a weekend push with a 64 on Saturday and an incredible 63 in their alternate shot 
on Sunday. I mean, they started a birdie run of seven birdies in a row, starting on the par 5 seventh, right through to the par 4 13th. You know, we call this divorce golf when you see it in uh, mixed events at, uh, at, at clubs. I mean, it, this is such a hard format. We see it in the Ryder Cup. We see it in the President's Cup. It was very impressive. And I'm really happy that the, the miss on 18 isn't what costs them. The miss on 18, to, you know, get it to 29 under. Um, before we get to Adam and Nick, we're going to hear from them. We're going to break it down. It's Nick Hardy and Davis Riley with their first PGA Tour win. This is an official win. They get the FedEx Cup points. They get the victory. They get the uh, the exemption on the PGA Tour. This comes with all the bells and whistles. Uh, it does not come with an invite to the Masters. I don't believe it, Bob. This is not invite master so you get the fedex cup you get the you get your two and a half year uh, exemption etc uh but regardless you're a win you're a winner now on the pga tour let's hear from nick hardy and davis riley yeah you know it was uh those those nerve-wracking honestly um yeah anytime you're trying to get your you know win a golf tournament you know more or less to get your first win is always tough you know you're gonna have to kind of step up there and hit some shots so and uh you know, fortunately, we were able to kind of execute some really good shots coming down the stretch, and uh, it was uh, it was it was really fun. Yeah, I'll second that. Um, I feel like we both handled it uh, very well. Cause you could not stretch first cybers, obviously. So, be able to do that together, kind of rub off each other's confidence and uh, sort of attitude. It was it was, uh, definitely special to be able to have a partner for the first time. So there they have it, 30 under. It's a two-shot win over Hadwin and Taylor. Before we get to Hadwin and Taylor, Taylor, what about this event, guys? Where are you at this event? Because i got to be honest with you. I, I finally had a weekend off PGA Tour Radio and PGA Tour Live where I didn't have to be on top of this like 24-7. I just you know wanted to watch the finish in the final, maybe the final nine or so. And because of Adam and Nick, I got engaged because of, because of our Canadian team. If, if that Canadian team is not in the hunt, I mean, I cannot get into this this event. It seemed like, you know, when they first flipped to it, it was different. The walk-up music, it had my interest, you know, for a very short window in time. And now, for me, the shine has worn off, and I really not a fan of the of the team format. Where are you guys on this? Does it still have your interest? Does it just feel hokey forced bob where, where are you minus nick and adam if i take them off the board how are you feeling about the zurich classic of new orleans in today's landscape if the there had been other bigger names near the top of the leaderboard and i think we had cantley and shoffley that was about the biggest of the names up there if there had been a few more up there i would have been fine I'm not sure if nick and adam had been there how much i would have spent time on it but i i understand from Zurich's standpoint, you've got to do something because you have a horrible date, made even worse this year with the whole, uh, you know, whole um, designated events coming in. You have to do something to kind of separate yourself. And when this first happened, when they brought this format out, the guys loved it because they don't get a chance to play with each other. And buddies were playing with each other. And remember Ryan Palmer and John Rahm <laughs> picking their team together. And there's some good stories. And you know, this year they had Duval and Daly. So I think. I think it's probably something that separates it a little bit in terms of if it had just been a 72-hole medal play event. I don't know how much I would have watched it, though, if it hadn't been for the Canadians and hadn't been, and if there weren't bigger names in it. 
I, I agree, and I don't think you're uh, to your point. You're not going to get bigger names. I mean, Shoffley and Cantley are defending champions, so they're going to be there. Uh, but without the names, and again, we're in a weird part of the schedule. The designated events, Scully, are awesome, right? Everybody loves them. Everybody loves. We got the majors, the players, the designated events. They have. They have really kind of hit the nail on the head. They've they've all outdone themselves. They've been amazing. But with designated events comes also almost dark weeks in the schedule, for lack of a better term. And by the way, we're going to talk live in hour two, live golf series. Live golf, I mean, they've been very strategic so far about where they're playing, at least so far in the early part of their schedule. You know, we're going to go against Honda. We're going to go against Zurich. I mean, these are the weak spots so far in this PGA Tour schedule. I understand the necessity to do this, to Bob's point. Like, I mean, how do you get anything going, especially now in between these designated events, without trying something different? I just have a very hard time taking this serious at the moment. Yeah, I mean, uh, from one side of it, you look at, so Colin Morikawa and Max Holma missed the cut, and they were a team, and they were they were the second betting favorite on FanDuel heading into the tournament. Honestly, guys, I found this pretty entertaining. Last year, I wasn't the same boat you guys were in terms of it's kind of black, kind of whatever. I mean, I would love to see something different. Maybe on Saturday, moving day, you make it a scramble, two-man scramble. And then Sunday, you keep it at alternate shot. But alternate shot is, to me, it is so intriguing. And something that was also intriguing that I did notice, too, is that Hadwin and Taylor were playing different golf balls. So if Hadwin was teeing off, they were using a Callaway ball on that hole. If Taylor was teeing off, they're using a Titleist ball on that hole. I, to me, I found that like mind-boggling as a golf nerd, if you will. But you know what? In terms of entertainment, I thought this was a little better than than last year. Maybe it was coming down the stretch. Obviously, it has to do with the the Canadians being in the mix. Maybe if the golf course was a little different or playing more a little more challenging, it would be a little more intriguing. But overall, I was pretty entertained. Well, speaking of entertaining, I think it really was at the end of the day for me, the Hadwin-Taylor opportunity to get it done. Almost our fourth and fifth winner this year on the PGA Tour, which would have been very cool. Uh, Let's hear from Adam Hadwin and Nick Taylor. Yeah, um, I would say that we kind of picked who would go odds and evens about perfectly today. Um, you know, I drove it pretty well. I drove it in play. His irons were great today. Um, gave me a lot of looks, and uh, I had a great feel for the greens. I rolled in a lot of putts there, especially that middle stretch when we went on a run. Um, you know, I missed a couple iron shots coming in. He hit great chip shots. So, um, you know, just really good team partner golf uh, yeah. today, and to kind of end like that is pretty special. Start seven back uh did you think going into the day like hey we might have a shot at this and if not when did it kind of click on the golf course that oh man we're we're in this thing now you know i, I think we knew obviously we had to shoot a really good round to, to even sniff the lead i think probably the early in the back nine when when adam just kept making putt after putt i was like just hit it as close as i can and it felt like he was going to go in uh, they made a, a crazy amount, like 130 feet of putts, alternate shot, absolutely incredible. Uh, the little one, uh, I thought Nick put a good stroke on that on, on 18. It did everything but go in, just got a little low of the line, but it was a good positive stroke, hit it with pace. And thankfully, they don't lose by one. They ended up losing by two, so the uh, they still get the solo second. And I anticipate these two to continue to play well, guys. We've We've been tracking this. 
They've been trending that direction. You know, I know Nick hasn't won this year, but this might be the most consistent year of his career, Bob. I think this is the best career. I think this is his career year when you look at his finishes. I think five top tens now. I think Adam has four top tens now. So they're playing much more consistently than they used to. I mean, the number of times when Nick has come down to the end of the year and has been battling playing the last seven events so he can get a couple of dollars or points to try and keep his 125 status. Man, I wish I I had a dollar for every one of those. They're probably, well, I don't know, they'd be $5, $7. (laughs) But the point being that that he's well immersed up near the top um, same with, with Adam. I think he's having a tremendous year. Do you know that Ralph Bauer in the middle of the show yesterday, or the broadcast yesterday, sent me a text saying, Adam's um, putting make number this year percentage from 10 feet and in, 90%. That is wow. ridiculous. That is and crazy. He is, he, yeah, so obviously he's putting very, very well, and I think the other parts of his game, as we've talked about now, are solidified with uh, the swing changes he made a couple of years ago. Well, it's going to be fun to watch those guys throughout the summer, and it wouldn't surprise me if we got our fourth uh, Canadian winner uh, at some point in the next two- to three-month window. It, it really wouldn't. So uh, great to see them both playing well. And uh should note that the defending champion, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley, uh, almost defended a little late push on the weekend. Really never got out of the blocks for those two with the 67 on Thursday and better ball. Really kind of cost them. If they... On a day where you know teams were shooting 61, 63, etc., they went out, shot 67, and uh, put themselves behind the eight ball. But a nice title defense there. Okay, on the other side, we got to switch gears, guys. LPGA story. It's the Chevron. This is the new major that replaces the old Dinah Shore. Um, I don't know about jumping in this new pond. Ugh. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys saw, but the quality of the water in the new pond. That's a that's a new decision. And what do we make? of Brooks weekend head scratching a little bit. I mean, it started early on Saturday and it just kept going from there. Just got it going in the wrong direction. We'll get uh, Bob and Adam's opinion on, uh, do we hit the panic button with Brooke on this one? Or is this just a one-off? We'll talk about it next. This is golf talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by caddy time the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada's Aquino Scully Weeks uh, Major in uh, women's golf, the Chevron Championship. Of course, this is now the first major of the year. This replacing the the old uh, dinosaur out uh, in the desert. Such a long history out there. Uh, And it it really comes out with a a great debut. Uh, Lilia Vu over Angel Yin in in a playoff. They they both finished 10 under par. Nelly Korda only one off the pace. Uh, 68, 70, 70, 71, just a, a little bit of a sluggish Sunday, or she could have found herself there um, in, the, uh, in that playoff uh, to get it done. Before we, uh, before we jump into this, because we have some Canadiana, Adam, there was always a history of you know jumping in the pond on the 72nd hole for the winner in, uh, in Palm Springs. <laughs> 
And I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, Lilia, after winning uh, her first major, uh, decides to try to keep this tradition going, and they they jump in the pond on eighteen. Guys, it looked like a swamp to me. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this could be a winner's weird or what, but Bob, you've seen so many champions jump in the pond in the desert. We got to rethink this uh, pond jump, do we not? Uh, yeah. Also, the, there should be should be noted that before this tournament, they dredged the pond, and then they also put up what they called an alligator net. So oh. it was to <laughs> basically partition the. Uh, the part where they're going to jump into off so the alligators weren't hiding at the bottom and they didn't land on that. There were also some snakes reported sighted on the banks of that earlier in the week. So uh, give Lillian Vu a, a full credit for taking the plunge because, I don't know, there's been, like, there, there's been stories before Poppy's Pond became a swimming pool. There were some stories there about players getting sick afterwards, and I think Dottie Pepper was one, and... Um, it wasn't really <laughs> meant to be jumped into. Sort of like, remember the old, remember when when uh, Jerry Pate and Dean Beeman jumped in off in seventeen, that mean, was or eighteen, crazy, I guess it was at. Uh, yeah, that was they, back that in was it eighty two? I think it was nineteen eighty two. Off yeah, the top that, of my head, and the sawgrass in eighty two was a swamp, a complete swamp. I mean, they've thinned it out, they've cleaned it out. I mean, but back in those days, there was. I mean, gators all over the place, to Bob's point. I mean, what are you doing jumping in there? I mean, I mean, Adam, we got to find a new tradition here. Uh, I, don't, I don't like any of our chances going toe-to-toe with a gator. So, yeah. you know, we'll leave it yeah. at that. Uh, before we get to the Brooks story, because um, I'm taking the I, – I, I think the Brooks story is definitely the, the cup half empty. You know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, Brooke had herself in position again and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, the weekend – um, is a, it's a disappointing story for Brooke, uh, but in, uh, in, in kind of more cup half full, Canadiana, Maddie Zurich gets it done, 200 par, moves into a top 20. That's a T18 for Maddie, and I think that's a, a nice performance for her. So before we get to the Brooke story, let's hear from Maddie on her top 20 at the year's first major. I'm just so excited to have had such a strong finish. Um... You know, you'd never know what to think coming into, you know, the first major of the year, first major um, as a pro, and I'm just so happy that I really fought till the end. The biggest, you want lessons from this week. What, what do you learn here? Um, it's, you know, the scores are going to be higher in a major. I think that's a big lesson that, you know, you just don't, you don't see it in normal tournaments. That The course is harder, the pins are harder, and you just have to really stay through it. Pars are really great here. Tools in the tool chest, right, Adam? First first major as a pro, I mean, to come out and hang in there, top 20, this is a great story. It certainly is. In her second top 20 of the season, she finished T7 early in the year. And the biggest reason for her success so far this season is on the greens. She leads the LPGA Tour in putting average, putts per greens and regulation. She's playing a lot of great golf right now. And as Bob has mentioned countless times on this show, you know, the last LPGA player, Canadian, not named Brooke Henderson to win was Laurie Kane years and years and years ago. So to have another, <clears throat> excuse me, another Canadian in the mix to, you know, have chances to win week in, week out is just awesome. All right, let's, uh, let's unfortunately, let's talk about the Brooke story. Guys, she was two off the lead heading into the weekend on Saturday. This is how... Uh, her Saturday 76 starts, bogey, par, 
triple, then bogey. She goes out in 40, uh, comes home even at 76. And then on Sunday, she goes out in 37, comes home in 37, it's 74. It's a bit of a rough weekend for Brooke. Uh, looking at the numbers, I mean, some uh, trouble hitting greens and reg is, is kind of like the thing that pops out for me, but not a lot going right there on, on the, on that, on that Saturday, excuse me, before I get your take on it, guys, let's, let's hear from Brooke herself. That I was looking for, um, but it played really tough today. So just tried to battle it out as much as I could. And I feel like I was kind of gritty out there because things weren't really going my way, which is good. And just try to take some positives. Um, I got up and down a lot today, which uh, is good. I hit not very many greens, which I'm not really used to doing. So, um, you know, clean up a few things the next few days and hopefully play well on Thursday. Bob, there you go. You heard it right there. I, I'm, I'm used to hitting more greens. I didn't hit many greens. It was a rough weekend. She goes into Saturday. Uh, trailing by two with an opportunity at her third major, and she loses by 10. How much weight are you putting in this? Are you concerned? What do you take from this? I'm starting to get a little concerned because that's a number that, in terms of greens and regulation, that we don't normally associate with Brooke Anderson. She finished 13th last year in greens and reg. I think this year, she before this tournament, she was then somewhere around 93. It's a short-term worry at this moment. <clears throat> I don't think there's a lot of real... Uh, fear that she won't be able to correct this, but that double or that triple bogey was a, a shot that veered off, hooked in, left into the water, from what I've been told, and I, I'm kind of, uh, I don't know, it's kind of dismayed because the numbers for the last few events are still showing this, and she has been able to rescue herself a little bit in certain cases, but you got to worry and you got to wonder: is this something where she needs a little adjustment with the with the gear, with the new clubs? Or is it something that she's got going swing fault-wise? We'll have to figure that out, or she'll have to figure that out. Adam, if I'm taking cup half full on this, I'm saying, okay, well, here's the good news. Her worst putting day was 30 putts. So our narrative from several years ago where she'd go out and have a 33, 34-putt round and just kind of stay stagnant on the leaderboard, putts per round were down across the board. She averaged uh, 27 putts around. On the Friday, she hit 14 of 18 greens. So where this 10 of 18 on Saturday, where it came from, who knows? So cup half full, the putter's still performing well, and she's just got to get back to her bread and butter. Yeah, totally. And taking a closer look at her numbers, her short game so far this season is significantly better than last season. This year, she's 43rd in putting average. Last year, she was 71st. Sand save, she was 30, she's 37th this year, 76th last year. So that's, that's the glass half full. Bob mentioned her greens and regulation, how it's certainly nowhere near as good as it was last year. Scoring average, too. I know it's a, it's a smaller sample size. 35th this year in scoring average on the LPGA Tour. Last year, she was 4th. And driving accuracy, that is also down. She's 60th right now on the LPGA Tour. Last year, she was 31st. So something clearly has to change. And, you know, obviously, it's still a T23 and a major championship. So all in all, it's glass half full. It's a relatively decent week. But, I mean, obviously, the expectations uh, that she puts on herself, that everyone puts on her, this is not a successful weekend but knowing her she'll learn from it she'll make changes she'll apply changes and she's had a ton of major experience before obviously she's already won two she finished t16 or better in the final or the other four majors last season so now as the lpga tour season continues to heat up and really in full swing knowing brooke i wouldn't be surprised to see her get in the mix again very soon 
Well, we mentioned close calls, and Brooke was uh, certainly there heading into Saturday. We mentioned Nick and Adam, who put themselves into it on Saturday and even more into it on Sunday. Well, on the DP World Tour, Aaron Cockrell almost got it done. He finished uh, second place, losing in a playoff to Lucas Herbert. On the other side, Adam had an opportunity to catch up with Lucas Herbert back at the Adidas Global Launch. So we're going to go back and and hear that interview and uh, take a closer look at uh, Cockrell's close call on the DP World Tour. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakino Weeks Scully as we wrap up hour one. 20 weeks of TaylorMade took a week off this week for the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. We are back on this week. Go to GolfTalkCanada.com golftalkcanada.com and register for 20 weeks of TaylorMade. It is free. It is fun. It is our fantasy golf pool. We're giving away prizing every single week. Over 40,000 in prizing throughout the season. Weekly prizes, season long, including a final draw at the end of the year for anybody who participates at all at any point. A full set, custom, top to bottom TaylorMade golf clubs, including a trip for two to Casa de Campo, I mean, it is bigger, it is better than ever. People are having fun with it. It's back on this week for the Mexico Open. We'll break down the Mexico Open on Wednesday's edition of Golf Talk Canada Radio. So golftalkcanada.com for 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Uh, Bob, off the top of the show, we mentioned red and white, Canadian flags everywhere being teased in the world of golf. None closer, really, than Aaron Cockrell almost getting his first DP World Tour win. He loses in a playoff to Lucas Herbert, but at the end of the day, he vaults 80 spots to 25th on the race to Dubai standings. This is a huge week for Aaron on the DP World Tour. And now 250th on the official World Golf ranking as well. So he's really moving up and had a good chance to win that tournament in the playoff. He actually made a great up and down on the final hole to get into the playoff from a bunker, almost hold the shot at one, looked like it was going to go in at one point. But I think he is just an absolute uh, underrated, perhaps the most underrated Canadian golfer right now. He may be, I just said to you about the, uh, the stat from Adam Hadwin in terms of 10 feet and in his make rate is 90%. I think Aaron Cockrell may be the best Canadian putter that we have. And that's saying a lot when you have guys like Mackenzie Hughes and obviously Adam Hadwin. Uh, he is an unbelievable putter. And... I think that uh, that first win is good, is going to happen sooner rather than later. He ends up losing in that playoff to Lucas Herbert. Uh, Adam, you had an opportunity to catch up with Lucas back at that Adidas launch event. Uh, tee this up for us. Yeah, totally. So Lucas and I, uh, he was a part of the, we call it the car wash, if you will, of players going through talking about the new Adidas gear. So this was back in uh, February, and it's certainly been a wild year for Lucas Herbert, you know, players championship, he fires a smooth 82 85 to miss the cut by about 97 shots. And now he makes it to the final 16 of the WGC match play 
wins already here. So it's been a wild week, but you could tell off camera he's a really funny guy. And, uh, and, and we we're almost eye to eye. We we're the same height. And so we were talking all about the new Adidas gear, some of our, uh, a, a bunch to do with, with that. So um, let's, let's go to right now. Let's hear from Lucas Herbert and myself talking about the new Adidas product. Alongside Lucas Herbert and Lucas, a night like this, the Adidas global launch. What's this like for you to see some of these new apparel, the apparel pieces and shoes, but now see it in 3D and everyone else wearing them too? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I mean, I've seen a little bit of the stuff earlier on this year and obviously had a product meeting last week in Phoenix, but um, to be able to, yeah, like you said, see it in the flesh and then have everybody else see it as well. Uh, it's a pretty cool experience, just sort of seeing everyone's faces for the first time. So, yeah. What's your process like putting a new shoe into play? Are you someone who has to test a little, you know, make sure it's comfortable, hitting different shots, side hill, uphill, that sort of thing? Or are you one just to put something into play right away? Um, I mean, it, it needs a little bit of testing. You can't go out there flying blind. Um, but, you know, it's got to look good for a start. As long as it looks good um, and then you put it on your feet, it's comfortable. From there, you can pretty much get it, get used to whatever else you need to. So um, <clears throat> it does need a little bit of testing. You can't just, uh, I can't just pull them on Thursday this week and expect them to be, to be right. But, um, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty keen to adapt stuff and, uh, and get into stuff quickly when I can see that I like it. Now you've been with Team Adidas since turning professional. Mm. If you could pick one thing, what's your favorite thing about being a member of Team Adidas? Um, I think it's just great being a member of a, a company that, you know, does golf apparel and non-golf non apparel. Um, just the ability we have to be able to interact with other athletes throughout the world that are, um, you know, partners with Adidas uh, and just obviously be with, with a brand that, you know, streetwear, um, you know, casual wear, classier wear, golf wear, like it's it kind of got everything covered. You know, there's something that the brand makes for everything. Um, so I, I always feel like my suitcase is just full of Adidas stuff. It's just so easy to wear some of it, um, and it just fits in so nicely to so much of your outfits. So, yeah, it's just I, I think that's probably the best bit about the company. Now, as we record here, we're early on in the season. How would you assess your place so far in 2023 on both tours? Yeah, it's been good to start the year. Um, you know, two third-place finishes to start. was really happy with. Um, you know, not quite the week I wanted in Phoenix. Just couldn't get anything going for me. But it's been a, strong, a solid, strong start to the year. Uh, lots to build off going forward. A lot of confidence it's given me going forward. So... Um, yeah, looking forward to getting my teeth right into this season. You mentioned confidence there, and you've had a couple of good recent finishes in the majors mm. as well. What have you learned from yourself during those performances that next time you're in the mix at a major, you can apply and get even further uh, in contention on the leaderboard? Yeah, not trying too hard. Uh, I think I tried too hard and put too much of an emphasis on the majors early on um, in my career, and I think you know the more that I've played now, the more they become a bit more normal. Um, you know, I, I feel a bit more comfortable at them. I feel like I can compete there. Obviously, like you said, I got the confidence from good results to know that I can compete there. Um, so, you know, it's kind of just getting out of my own way in some ways and um, just not making it feel any harder than it actually is. And finally, we're a Canadian show. Mm. We got to talk President's Cup. Mike Weir's the captain in 2024. How much motivation is there for you to be on that squad at Royal Montreal 2024? Absolutely. We've got to keep beating these Americans. We've got to, we've got to start beating these Americans. Um, sick of handing that President's Cup over to them every year. Having Xander talk, uh, talk smack to me up there on stage. I'm, <laughs> we need to do something about this. I think, you know, Royal, Royal Montreal Golf Club in 2024. Mike Weir is captain. I think we got, we got a big chance going up there, um, you know, and we we got some good players if we keep uh, keep putting the effort, um, you know, and obviously all of us can keep pushing each other, get a good solid team together. Let's give these Americans a bit of a run. 
Well, Lucas, thanks for your time today. All the best here in 2023. Cool. Thank you, mate. And for the health of that event, they got to give it a run as well. Uh, it's uh, we've had some some closer events in recent years than imagined, but we're still waiting for that international victory. So hopefully, Weirzy can get it done on Canadian soil. And you know what? Hey, he's going back, guys, to the spot where he beat Tiger one on one in the Presidents Cup on Canadian soil when Tiger was Tiger, when Tiger was the man and beat him straight up on a Sunday. It was pretty spectacular. So maybe there's some magic there in the soil at Royal Montreal. That'd be awesome. So uh, speaking of Team Adidas, um, I'm pretty sure you guys are going to get your Ultra Boost dirty before I get my Ultra Boost dirty. Scully, I saw you with yours, Bob with yours. You got yours in hand. Are you going to have those out then? Is it tomorrow? Will you be wearing those? Will I be wearing these tomorrow? No, I mean, I, I'm going to be hard at work in the office tomorrow, Mark, but maybe I'll wear them. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll wear them uh, inside, but uh, no, I, I will definitely wear these. Uh, I, I tell everyone to go check them out. I was telling some of our friends at Adidas too, when I posted my, uh, the shoe on my Instagram story, I've never received more responses from people. How can I get this shoe? The shoe looks incredible. The shoe looks so comfortable, and I'm holding it right now. I might put these on for the rest of the show just to wear them in a little bit. They are awesome, <laughs> Bob. I'm, I know I don't. We don't get a lot of footwear shots on set tomorrow, but uh, you you from your home studio don't get any. But I get you know on the wide shot, we get the shoe once in a while. Maybe I'll throw on the ultra boost tomorrow from the podium. Uh, will you have yours on this afternoon? Hey. Uh, I will actually this afternoon. And here's another thing: Ultra Boost, the same material that's in there that gives this makes this such like feel like a slipper. Last week's Boston Marathon, the the pinnacle of all marathons, guys wearing Ultra Boost running shoes finished only one, two, and three. So wow. they're there not only go. good for golf; they're good for running. There you go. Well, uh, I'll see. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll, I'll get them on because I'll tell you one thing. I ain't getting them on the golf course for a long time with this forecast. So I'm going to wear them in studio and keep them nice and shiny. <laughs> keep them all polished up. All right. Um, great segue into hour two because hour one has really been about Canadiana and Canadians on every major tour having an opportunity to get it done this week in the world of golf. And the, the man behind that and the future of that program, getting more cards, more winners, more uh, traction on every global tour, is Kevin Blue. And he had the opportunity to speak with Adam about the new NGL. What is the NGL? It is the National Golf League, launched earlier last week by Golf Canada in support to the First Tee program. And on the other side, we're going to kick off Hour 2 with Adam's one-on-one -on -one with Kevin Blue. We're also going to get into winners weird and what that was pretty deep this week you could go anywhere i mean we already talked about diving into a pond with alligators snakes and algae and that didn't make the list <laughs> so there might i can't wait to hear what you guys have in store for us in hour two we'll also talk a little live golf maybe the most successful week ever in terms of live golf in australia and no surprise i mean for the biggest naysayers of Live Golf, for the biggest, I guess, most outspoken uh, people against the Live Golf series, the one thing that everyone could agree upon from day one is the Live Golf series would be a hit in Australia. And we understood, everyone has understood the Australian angle to this not just the greg norman at the helm but this is a golf starved market a market that loves golf 
takes their golf seriously because sponsors from a North American standpoint are not interested in a dark TV window in the middle of the night. The tour has been reluctant to go and feed this golf market where live golf was going to fit that hole. And boy, did they ever this week. No surprise there. We'll get into Taylor Gooch's win in hour two, but coming up, Kevin blue, this is golf talk. Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Hour two, we got some winners weird and what for you. We will talk about what seems like a, a very successful weekend in, in Australia for Live Golf and the play of Taylor Gooch and a few other uh, details from the series as they are down under and heading to Thailand uh, for the next event at the end of the month as well. So we'll get to that in hour two. But Earlier last week, Golf Canada announced the launch of the NGL, the National Golf League, in support of the first tee program to Canada. When we want to talk about performance, when we want to talk about competition, we go to Kevin Blue. He is the man of Golf Canada. He had the opportunity to sit with our own Adam Scully. Pleased to welcome good friend of Golf Talk and a Kevin Blue, Golf Canada's Chief Sport Officer, back to the show. Kevin, how are you today, my friend? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me back on. Yes, we spoke to you about six weeks ago or so as a little preview for the season. And now Golf Canada is launching something which is pretty exciting. The Golf Canada National Golf League. Tell us about this. Yeah, the National Golf League, or for short, we call it NGL, uh, in support of First Tee Canada, is a uh, it's a really exciting initiative to um, build the experience of recreational golf leagues uh, for everyone in Canada who plays them. There's a lot of people, I'm sure you know a lot of people, I know a lot of people that play weekly league golf. And what we're doing essentially is creating a, uh, a regular season that can overlay on top of people's existing leagues. We're adding in a cool playoff format that'll be nationwide in the fall. And then we will have a, a national championship, uh, an NGL national championship that will be played the weekend prior to the RBC Canadian Open at the RBC Canadian Open venue, uh, Hamilton Golf and Country Club in 2024. So we will have uh, the, the pinnacle of league play, so to speak, happen only days before the PGA Tour shows up and the uh, the stars of the PGA Tour are, are walking the fairways, you know, a few days after the NGL National Championship. So it's going to be super fun. Wow. So we'll get into basically everything you just said there. First of all, you know, how does this work? How does someone listening or watching this say, hey, I want to be involved? 
So leagues, uh, existing golf leagues, this is for existing recreational golf leagues are signing up to be part of NGL. Um, this year we're having to, to limit capacity to, you know, around a hundred or so leagues, just so we can make sure we get it off the ground properly in its launch year. Um, chances are there's a public, uh, or a private club that you may be a member of. Chances are there's a, there's a, a league, hopefully relatively near you, um, and uh, if you're a member of one of those, if you're part of one of those leagues, uh, then you'll be in the NGL in, in the first year. And we are hopeful and, and optimistic to be able to grow it to any league that wants to join uh, and become part of the NHL, uh, excuse me, the NGL in uh, in a few in a few years time. Now, how did this whole idea come to be? Well, we uh, we did a bunch of research and tried to understand what golf Canada is positioned to do to enrich the golf experience of recreational golfers. And we uh, discovered that there's almost a half a million golfers in Canada that participate in some form of league golf, which is a significant number. Right. And, and we felt like it was golf Canada's opportunity to coordinate all the fantastic league golf that's already happening, add value to it, at a really cool playoff format and a national championship. And, and uh, so we're just trying to to really add to already people's fun uh, social experiences that are happening in their leagues with something that, you know, is, is a federated national system that Golf Canada can oversee. So we see on the PGA Tour a season-long points race, the FedEx Cup, obviously. And that's the same thing here with NGL with a modified uh, with stable for scoring system. Is that how this all works? Yeah, so the re in the regular season, uh, NGL leagues uh, will de determine six dates uh, throughout their year. So if you're playing in a summer league that's you know 12 weeks or 14 weeks or 16 weeks, um, of those weeks, the operator will choose six weeks, and those are called NGL majors. So during those six weeks, uh, the format of play is net Stableford, nine holes, and so each golfer is going to record a score and the best four scores out of those six weeks are what counts for your season long points race total in your, in your local league. And a certain number of everyone's, you know, local leagues, a certain percentage will qualify for the playoffs. Uh, that'll be 18 holes um, and same, same format net stable for it. But the bonus in the playoffs is that you actually get to invite a guest partner with you uh, to the playoffs who played in your league just uh, as, as well as you did. So you might qualify for the playoffs and get to invite your friends, uh, your friend, or your friend might qualify for the playoffs and get to invite you. Uh, so in this way, we, we're, we're hoping to make the playoffs um, social and, and fun, uh, just like the regular season. And that's where I was just going with the whole invite your friend scenario, because as we know, as golfers socializing is an absolutely critical part of the sport so how did that whole idea come to be that you know to bring a friend to one of the regional playoff events well the, the reason that people play league golf is not necessarily for the competition the vast majority of people play league golf for social reasons um, it's friendly competition and it's obviously done using handicaps which is fantastic and that's a fantastic way for people to experience the sport um, and we wanted to preserve the social nature of the league uh, into the playoffs. We think it's a cool experience to be able to share, uh, you know, a, a regional playoff tournament with your with one of your, your best friends from your league. And then for those who qualify for the national championship, same thing. We want you to go with a with a friend to 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 to, to Hamilton to play in the NGL national championship in June of 2024. So preserving the social nature of it was a really important thing for us. 
Now, you mentioned this earlier in the interview, the opportunity to play Hamilton the day before the RBC Canadian Open in 2024. How important is that for you guys to be able to give the qualifiers that opportunity, that incentive to play the week where all the pros are going to be there too? We think it's going to be super fun for folks. I mean, it's literally a money can't buy experience. And um, we're we're trying to, in doing this, we're trying to really send a message that uh, any way that people engage in in golf recreationally is something that you know is valued, and and we're super excited to uh, to be able to provide the opportunity for uh, those national national championship qualifiers to uh, again engage in friendly net league competition, uh, literally on the same golf course in the same venue with the the grandstands up and PGA Tour flags and. Uh, it's going to be fantastic only days before uh, the PGA Tour arrives in town uh, at the same golf course. Well, I, I played a few uh, pro-am sort of right after tournaments have been played and getting that experience, seeing the grandstands, maybe hitting a ball into a grandstand or two, <laughs> maybe sometimes that does happen. So that's a really cool experience. Uh, you mentioned as well the first tee. Everything is in support of the first tee. How vital is that? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it is one of the reasons that we uh, we decided to do this as well. In addition to enhancing the league experience that people already have a lot of fun with, this is another way for people to um, make charitable donations uh, to support First Tee in their province. So we will we're asking uh, participants to to make a charitable donation to First Tee. Um, there's no registration fee to play in the NGL. Um, it's all that is required is a Golf Canada membership. Uh, and then we are asking uh, participants for, uh, you know, for a modest contribution to support First Tee in their province. All the donated funds go directly to uh, to the First Tee program within their province. And uh, we think it's a really uh, a great opportunity for golfers around Canada who are e eager to give back to be able to support an important program in First Tee, which, of course, introduces youth from all Canadian backgrounds uh, into the sport we love. So that's a really critical part of the National Golf League. Well, it is the Golf Canada National Golf League. Can't wait to see what's to come with this. Kev, thanks for your time today. Thanks, Adam. Good to see you. Great stuff for Adam and uh, Kevin Blue there. Congratulations. Uh, cool launch, cool program. Uh, we'll stay on top of it. And we'll be speaking to Kevin throughout the year for other Golf Canada initiatives. We've got a, a few coming up in the next few weeks with some RBC Canadian Open Media Days and things along those lines as the RBC Canadian Open is just around the corner as well. So stay tuned to all things Golf Canada right here on Golf Talk Canada. On the other side, we'll go down under. I'll ask Bob and Adam the question, what is Liv doing on American soil? Because to me, if you see a need and a niche, like there obviously is one in Australia, why aren't we feeding Australia? Why aren't we feeding the Asian market? Maybe even South America. There are markets around the world that would love big names to come there and play golf on their soil. And when they do, they come out in droves. It happened this week in Australia. So why are we playing Trump, New Jersey? What are we doing at Orange County National? None of this makes sense to me, especially when you don't have TV partners and sponsors demanding a North American Eastern Seaboard TV audience. You don't have that. So why are you in America to begin with? We will answer those questions next. This is Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Welcome back. Golf Talk Canada's Aquino Week Scully. Um, live Tour, Live Series down in Australia this week. They are heading to Singapore next. And the crowds were out. Um, atmosphere was crazy. We'll get into a little bit of that in Winter's Weird and What. By, but by all accounts, the live, the live return or the live uh, voyage to Australia tells me that they should really only be doing more than just one. They, they should be visiting other parts of Australia as well and, and other parts of the region. We'll get into the business side of this next. Uh, Taylor Gooch. Uh, 20 under par through his first two rounds, uh, dominant to the point where he was horrible in the final round at one over and still wins this golf tournament by three over Arnaban Lahiri, uh, 20 under through his first 36 holes. Let's hear from the winner of Live Golf Australia, Taylor Gooch. I think golf is just really hard. It, uh, it's hard to, to put back-to-back days together like I did and even harder to do it three times in a row. So, you know, I actually played fine out there today. I, it, the golf gods, I think, said, you know, we don't want this first win to be easy on you. I uh, had a couple, you know, bad breaks here and there. And so it made things interesting. Uh, but it was, it was cool to kind of, you know, overcome the adversity and, and dig deep. After I made a double on number 10, I, I was kind of a, a point of, you know, we're either going to dig deep and do this or you're going to stumble coming in. So it was cool to, you know, dig deep and, and get the job done. So he digs deep, he gets it done. Uh, the Range Goats, which is the team of Taylor Gooch, ends up finishing second by one shot behind the Four Aces, which is Dustin Johnson's team. The Stinger team finishes a several back. I don't know if anyone's actually interested in the team uh, aspect of this. I, I find it weird even reading the, the leaderboard. Oh, all right, guys. Um, my big question to you guys is, is really from the business side of this. Um, Australia is a starved golf market. We've known that for years. We also know the PGA Tour only goes there or really only went there once every you know 10 years or so with the President's Cup because it's in a dark spot on a North American TV schedule. People don't want to cut checks for live golf at 2 a.m., at 3 a.m. It's just that's not how corporate America works. It's just the facts. Bob, by all accounts, the crowds were out. The energy was up. It was well-received. People were excited that they were there. This wasn't an afterthought for Australia. Why are they even in? Like, why are they playing at Orange County? Why are they, why are in these, all these markets that don't need more golf, that already have Tiger, Rory, Rob, Scheffler? Why aren't they feeding the markets that are desperately asking for this? Australia, Asia, etc. What, like the business model doesn't make sense to me, especially, Bob, when there's not an American Express or a FedEx or so-and-so saying, where's the Eastern Seaboard TV market? That, that doesn't exist. 
I think you kind of answered your own question in terms of the television timing of this. They don't want to be airing these broadcasts at 3 in the morning, at 2 in the morning, which they do in Australia, which they do in Asia. They wanted to have it on on Eastern Standard Time or West Coast Time only because they can draw some more people there, and that's how you build your product, I think, is through television. Now, they don't have a very good television contract to begin with, but I'm sure they're they're hoping to do what they do. We should point out that that Benton, Australia, not only is Australia a, a golf-starved market, but where they went, Adelaide, hasn't had seen something like this for decades. I mean, we've had President's Cups, we've got the Australian Open, but they don't often go to that market, so that was big. I'm interested to see what they'll do through Asia. Um, you've got to give them credit for last week. It was a big win. They did things in terms of a crowd-wise. They did things properly and, and got a good turnout but I still think that they have to come back and build in North America to be accepted and to be a, um, a recognized standard league. They're just not going to go anywhere if they can't do it over here. See, I think they're putting the cart before the horse, Bob. I, and I, and I, I will use Formula One because they like to use Formula One. Okay, Formula One was a global phenomenon in parts of the world everywhere but North America. And then the Netflix series started and, and years ago got some traction. Now, it had a successful run in Montreal because of the name Villeneuve, right? So when, when Canadians had a reason to support a Canadian, for a moment in time, it had traction. And then it died off. And, and, but now we've got this Vegas Grand Prix coming. Montreal's back and strong again. This is it. So, Adam, the cart is before the horse. Why... Why force feed this in America when, to Bob's point, Adelaide, Asia, Middle East, there are markets where they could have built this with these crowds, created some traction, created some, for you know, for lack of a better term, some actual positive press. Like, hey, something's going on over here, as opposed to the other story, which has been the full narrative. No one cares about this when they've been on this side of the pond. I mean, to me, this, the, the, the business model is backwards. They could have gone to these markets, hit home runs, built traction, made it a, a, something that's exciting and, and growing on the other side of the pond before they force-fed a North American audience. You buying into that at all? The only thing I can say is that they're trying to gain that traction through events that just happened. So you wonder... I mean, I know it was in the middle of the night. You couldn't really watch it live anywhere. And they post YouTube, you know, uh, montages that are 20 minutes long. And maybe they're trying to say, hey, this is what it can be. You know, I know we're going to get into the watering hole setup in Winter's Weird and What, but you see events, you know, moments like that where they're trying to play off what the Waste Management Phoenix Open is and trying to bring that, hey, this is what we have in Australia with this, uh, these fans here watching, this is what it could be here in the US. That's one thing. I mean, I'm more curious, Mark, as we move forward here, some of the courses they are playing, like they're playing Valderrama. Valderrama is known as the Augusta National of Europe. It's one of the best golf courses in the world, flat out period, full stop. I'm curious to see how they do there. Are they going to try to bring that same sort of atmosphere at Valderrama? I say no chance because that place is, it is what it is. They're going back to Centurion, which is where they held their first ever tournament last week, of course, or last year, of course, the week of the RBC Canadian Open. So maybe they're trying to, maybe that's going to be their business model that, hey, this is what it is in a place like Adelaide in Australia, trying to bring that to Tulsa or wherever they're going to bring it in the U.S. But this is, 
you would think they got the money to fly private, right? So, I mean, you know, keep going worldwide and trying to bring uh, audiences to new places that we haven't seen before, like they did last week. I guess my, at the end of the day, my point is, Bob, is that what's been missing in this entire series that maybe we got this week for the first time, although regionally speaking, they got care. The people seemed to care that this was there in their town and they wanted to see who was going to win this. And so far that has not been necessarily, I think the story. So I would just say from a business standpoint, I would, I would think that to invest in places where they, where they care and they accept this might've been a better, better model. I think you're right. I think that this tournament was maybe the first tournament that I can recall where people were focused on the golf and not just people over there in Adelaide, but people around here. You heard those, about those two sixty-two rounds that, uh, that were put up. And I think that that's also a big part of it. If you can get away from this us versus them, look how much money they're getting, all that kind of stuff, TV contract, all those kind of factors, and you can focus on it, it makes it easier. And it makes it easier if you start with a big fan base that's rabid and coming out and throwing beer all over people and, um, like Aussies normally do. That's just a, that's just a Tuesday in Australia, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, time will tell. We'll see. They will head. Uh, Live Golf Series will head to Thailand next. Um, again, interesting that the, you know it's an interesting time. A timing is everything because yes, it's the middle of the night, and yes, it's Australia, and you couldn't watch it live and whatnot, but. Boy, going against the Zurich Classic New Orleans, the timing's pretty good. Now they're going to have a, a come into a stretch where it's a little different. PGA Tour now, you know, we've got a, a major coming up uh, in a few weeks. Uh, PGA Championship in Rochester, the eyes of the world of golf will be there. This week we're heading into another week uh, uh, event on the PGA Tour, the Mexico Open, which we're going to get into in Winners Weird and Why. Uh, some some real staggering numbers in that one. We'll do it on the other side. Three dub. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It is that time. The good, the bad, the ugly in the world of golf. We call it winners, winners, and what? Three dub, and this week, Bob, T is yours, sir. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. All right, guys, my winner this week is the one and only Will Ferrell. And uh, you may be saying, why is Will Ferrell? Why are you talking about him on a golf show? Well... It appears that Will Ferrell is taking a page from Live Golf, and he is going to start a television series next year 
based loosely around live golf. It is going to be, he's going to be the guy who starts up a new golf league that will rival the PGA tour. Does sound a little familiar. And I think it's, <laughs> I just can't wait for this. This you, you guys were all, everyone was all excited about full swing. The documentary. I am much more excited about the Will Ferrell one. Of course, he's done some sports things before. He did Blades of Glory, and he did The Legend of Ricky Bobby. So he's done some, oh, yeah. besides that as well as uh, uh, we, need more, uh, we, we Need More Cowbell. That's my favorite part of Will Ferrell. But he's only, <laughs> strangely enough, in this story that they mention, he has only done one television series since he left uh, SNL, and that was um, about the shrink. I can't remember the name of it, actually, but apparently he's only done done one series and it is called uh the shrink next door i so, see i see his good for name. that we'll wait and see if we can uh, i see bob's name as an executive producer on everything but but i don't see him in a lot of stuff yeah. anymore but as far as i'm concerned bob whether it's golf related or not you can make will ferrell your winner any week yeah exactly exactly right mark uh, yeah, he's actually an executive producer on Succession, for those of you who are fans of Succession. It doesn't seem like a fit, but it is. I know. Wow. <laughs> my um, my uh, weird this week is, I don't know if you guys saw this, it was on the 12th hole at the uh, Chevron Championship, and it was um, April Yin, who came, who came very close to winning this tournament if she went bogey-bogey on 16 and 17. Now, I've seen a lot of balls sort of go and bounce off water or whatever, or hit rocks or something, bounce up. I have never seen a shot like this, and we'll post this up on the Golf Canada uh, website later. A ball that went into the water, and it's, it felt like it was a count of three, and then the ball popped up and went up onto, it was like a fish caught it in its mouth and spit it out or something, <laughs> and it put it up on the bank. And it's hard to describe because it's, you have to sort of witness this, but imagine a ball going into the water, submerging under the water, and then coming back out up on the bank, and obviously for her, it was a, uh, a much-needed uh, little helping hand for her, although she didn't end up winning the tournament. It certainly did help her out. I, I don't know. What's, what's the weirdest kind of recovery you've ever seen, Adam? You know what? What comes to mind immediately was Tiger at the 2020 Farmers Insurance Open, where in the front nine on the final round, he had a shot that bounced spun into the hole and there was so much spin it actually came out of the hole it bounced out now that day is unfortunately remembered for kobe bryant passed away later that day so that you don't see that shot really ever because it was the same day but i remember watching that shot and in the newsroom it was dead quiet and i screamed i had never seen something like that happen before and you know me i'm a pretty excitable human being but when my my voice reaches a new octave that's when you know something has really gone on and this shot was mesmerizing uh my what this week is uh what what you got to do to be uh when you're driving a golf cart what you have to do is be very very careful and that's something that uh one of our good friends well not a good friend russell wilson uh, now quarterback for the denver broncos wasn't very careful with and um there was a there was somebody had a good joke about you have to he's been unable to engineer a drive well apparently he was driving <laughs> along in a golf cart with some kids and he drove the golf cart into a bunker and it's it's like a there's a the, the shot is of a whole bunch of people trying to get the golf cart out of the bunker and i don't know how he drove it in there i guess he wasn't paying attention um there is a golf course up north in toronto here where i have done that before and it doesn't you don't see the bunker it's sort of in the middle of the fairway 
and I have not really, I only had one wheel in it. He's got the whole cart right into the bunker. Thankfully, nobody was hurt on that, but um, you got to be careful on these on these things every once in a while, right, folks? I mean, keep your head up. You don't want to be driving into a bunker. I have seen a cart. Have you ever seen a cart tip over, Mark? I've seen one up at Nobleton Lakes many, many years ago, guys, go, going too fast around a corner. Yeah, and a lot of the golf courses, you know, are kind of doing throwbacks to to the to links where when you, to your point, Bob, when you're standing on the green looking back at the tee, you can't see any bunkers, right? You only see the bunkers when you're standing on the tee looking towards the green. So a lot of these golf courses will say to you, hey, guys, if you turn around and drive back towards your ball or you're going back to pick up your body, keep your head up because you, you can't see the bunkers if you're driving green to tee. They're not meant to be built that way. And I've seen a few scary moments out there. And, uh, I mean, I hope Russell Wilson, for Broncos fans, uh, pulls the drive better uh, uh, under under center than he does with the golf course. It certainly wasn't the case last year. I mean, what a horrible <laughs> year for Russell Wilson. So home, maybe, maybe he gets a little better as the year goes on. Broncos country, let's rock. All right, Mark. Well, that's uh, that's my listing, and uh, now the T is yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, my winner, guys. I'll, I'll be more personal. We haven't had a really chance to talk about it, but last week I had an opportunity to, to play Marion, which is very cool. And you know, we've been in this business like forever in a day, and sometimes it's really hard to get excited about playing golf or going somewhere new or whatnot. Uh, but this was certainly one of those. And for me, it was more the history and, and, the, and the experience itself. The golf course was fantastic. Don't get me wrong. What a hard, difficult golf course. So, like, we played it from 6,500 yards, and it was cold. And it was probably the longest 6,500 I've ever played in my life. We, I hit uh, par fives. Um, I hit five wood, five wood, five wood gap wedge for the four par fives. And we played three par fives over 240. Um, it, and this is from the 6,500 yard tee deck. Keep in mind, there's another deck behind you. So uh, it's a big, it's a big adult sized golf course. But the reason I'm bringing this up, guys, is the history. When you walk through this clubhouse, so cool. You've got autographed scorecards from Ben Hogan when he won the U.S. Open. You've got photos and autographed scorecards of Bobby Jones completing the career grand slam. And the beauty of this clubhouse is it's barely been touched. I mean, it is like time stood still. And Bob, I know you've kind of covered this game for many years and, and been in many cool places, but there, unfortunately, we've lost a lot of these clubhouses uh, amongst the years. We lost one at Oakland Hill in a fire uh, last year or the year before. This is one of those spots, Bob, where that, that time has stood still, and it's like it's like it's 1930 or 1940, and all the memorabilia is still with it. And those places are still pretty cool. There's not many of them left. I, I like the fact that they have, and I, I'm going back to when I was there for the U.S. Open a number of years ago, but I'm assuming they still have a paid historian on their staff, a guy who looks after the history at the club. Our club has a volunteer historian, a guy who does a great job and has done found some amazing things, but I think every club should be looking after his history, no matter if you're 100 years old or 50 years old or 10 years old, because that stuff disappears in a hurry. Yeah, they have a paid guy. They have a vault. They have an archive section. Like, it's over the top. And, and at the Toronto Hunt, we have the same thing, Bob. We have a, a member volunteer on one of the committees. that is, And it's more recent for us to have tried to collect this stuff and keep it. I wish we started it decades ago because it's it quickly you can lose it. Okay, 
My weird, I don't know if you heard Zach Johnson's comments this week on live players. No decisions have been made yet. There's still a lot of time in regards to this. Many fluid factors are involved. As far as personally making decisions, I have not been, I have not made decisions on live players' involvement yet in the Ryder Cup. Adam, is this not strange? The DP World Tour basically stripped Henrik Stenson of his Ryder Cup captaincy because of his moving to the live. Uh, they've recently won, won their court case. They said, listen, if a live player qualifies for the European Ryder Cup team, uh, they'll be able to play. But it is highly unlikely that a live player is going to be able to qualify for the European Ryder Cup team, considering where they, they currently stand. And then Zach Johnson comes up with this. I just find these remarks awkward, almost like the PGA of America doesn't want to pick a horse in the race. It's strange. Are they just protecting themselves legally with court stuff still going on? I find that hard to believe. What's your take on these comments? It could have been all of the above, you know, and many people have said this and I agree. I was surprised at how all of the, the majority of the live players and their reactions with the PGA Tour players at the Masters. It wasn't hostile at all. And that was we spent hours talking about that and made all these video montages and essays like were we, were we going to see, you know, verbal jabs back and forth at the Masters when they're all back together? And no, we're not. So maybe that's part of it, too. And he just wants to keep all his options open. I mean, the U.S. hasn't won uh, a road game for the Ryder Cup in quite some time. So maybe Zach Johnson just wants to keep every option open as much as possible. Well, and it's also not that you left. And I think the three of us have had this conversation uh, to death. It's not it's not that you left. It's how you left. So those players that you're referring to, Adam, with no hostility that, that are still, you know, having dialogue with their PGA Tour former playing mates. It's it's the guys that weren't suing the tour the guys that weren't, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid on the narrative, that weren't pu puppets of, of necessarily the Live Series, they're just hey, being transparent, like the Harold Varner the thirds of the world, etc. So I don't think there was a lot of for, uh, warm and fuzzy hugs from Patrick Reed. Let's just put it that way. Okay, my <laughs> what? Bob, did you see the field this week? We're going to do our TSN Edge picks on TV and radio this <laughs> Wednesday for the Mexican Open. And we've talked a great deal about the huge wins and the designated events and how fun they are. But this event is the opposite of what you get when you build a PGA Tour schedule now that has tiers. And I'll be working it this week for PGA Tour Radio as well, the Mexican Open. But John Rahm is there to defend his title. I get that. So the number one player in the world is there. And the betting odds are so lopsided. I mean, John Rahm is is hands down favorite is an insult to hands down favorite. He's only joined by Tony Finau at number sixteen and Alex Noren as the only two other top fifty players in the world. And there's only nine in the top hundred in this event. Bob, this field looks like a corn fairy tour event with a couple of stars thrown in. It, it almost looks like one of those opposite field events that run against the majors, you know, like Bermuda or Puerto Rico or something like that. But again, this, this is kind of the, the fallout from the haves and the have-nots, from having designated events and not designated events. And again, it goes back to the conversation we were having earlier about the, the uh, Zurich event where you have teams. You have to do something to try and give yourself a chance to bring players in. We'll see what happens. I mean, RBC is going to be in this situation as well. Canadian Open a little bit this year, although thankfully we have enough players, or we RBC has enough players 
wearing that patch that uh, the depth of field will be would be pretty decent. And of course, Rory as defending champion has told them already that he'll be back. So it won't be horrendous, but there's a lot of tournaments in this boat and uh, the PGA tour is going to have to try and figure out something. Yeah, I agree with you because this is not the solution. There's got to be something here. I don't know what it's above my pay grade, but wow, this would be an interesting week in Mexico. All right, Scully T is yours. 348. Oh. <laughs> oh man, that is sweet. Okay, gents, before I get to my winner, I uh, got to go to Will Farrell. I'm not sure if you guys have seen him at the LA Kings games the past couple of nights. He's been face painted on the glass. I mean, he's got, uh, it's quite, uh, quite a statement sitting there watching the LA Kings. And what a blown <laughs> loss it was for the LA Kings last night. The Oilers came all the way back. Anyways, my winner this week goes back to live golf. And the watering hole setup they had where it was basically a spinoff of what the Waste Management Phoenix Open has done with the 16th hole, the stadium course there. And Chase Kepka, not Brooks, Chase Kepka made a hole-in-one. And I've never seen a beer shower like that at a professional event. Now, we saw a couple times, you know, Sam Ryder with the hole-in-one last year when Harry Higgs and Joel Damon decided to take their tarps off, which I would not recommend. When they did that, too, at that, on that same hole, we saw beers on beers on beers. But when Chase Kapka made this hole-in-one, that was pretty wild. So I guess kudos to Liv for trying something. And we saw a wild atmosphere, that's for sure. And again, Chase Kepka too, a hole-in-one. That's my winner this week. Okay, my weird. Also on the watering hole, each player had their own walk-up music. And Phil Mickelson was asked why he chose this track. That was Phil's walk-up music. I didn't see Lose Yourself and Phil together morphing to create quite the combination. I, you know what, Mark, <laughs> Phil and Lose Yourself, I just, I don't really see it. What do you think? I was thinking of like more Johnny Cash Man in Black for Phil now, because every time I look at him, yeah. he's in black from head to toe. I did not see the M&M coming, Scully. No, neither did I, neither did I. And, and my what before you go to break. Uh, John Rahm was on the Golf Subpar podcast and gave a lot of great intel about, you know, what it's like wearing the green jacket and, and what his life has been like since then. Now, he is playing this week. He's a plus 280 favorite on FanDuel. Those are just ludicrous odds for a pre-tournament. That's Tiger in 2,000 odds. But John Rahm was also asked about some of the rules that come with winning the green jacket. Basically, what some of the rules are, I will summarize, you have to... Uh, you can't be, uh, you, you can't have an alcoholic drink in your hand for any photos. The the least dressed up thing you can wear is uh, a golf a golf attire. You can wear a jacket and tie, which is fine, but you you can't wear jeans in it. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll play that out as well uh, on TV this week too. But a lot of rules come with the green jacket, as John Rom told us, and uh, looking forward to seeing what he brings this week at the Mexico Open, Mark. I'd be scared to death of breaking one of those Augusta rules. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be nervous all the, all the time. All right, guys, on the other side, we'll put a bow on it. We'll take a spin around the leaderboards. Tee up 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Tee up TV this week. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs.
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of LightStrike and LightStrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. As we put a bow on today's show, let's take a look at leaderboards from around the world of golf. Brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one range finder in Ola Golf. Go to bushnellgolf.com for your range finder GPS needs. Lucas Herbert gets it done in a playoff over Canadian Aaron Cockrell. That's at the ISPS Honda Championship on the DP World Tour, the LPGA. They were at a major, first major of the year, the Chevron Championship, as Lilia Vu gets it done in a playoff over Angel Yin. Nelly Korda won out of that playoff in solo third at nine under par. And the Corn Ferry Tour, it was Scott Kaczewski getting it done. That's also in a playoff over Logan McAllister. However, we should mention, we had a close call there for Canadians as well. Ben Silverman, only one shot off the win. So Ben Silverman in a tie for third, a great performance from uh, Ben. Also, a really nice week as well for Will Bateman in a T for 18th and a a top 20 for Will Bateman. So more Canadian names. Champions Tour, Mark Hensby uh, getting it done over uh, Charlie Weed. That's also in a playoff on the uh, Champions Tour. And the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, Nick Hardy and Davis Riley with their first PGA Tour win. And that's a two-shot victory over Adam Hadwin and Nick Taylor at 28 under par. Canadian flags all over the map. Uh, have we? How many Canadian flags, guys, this week in Mexico? Do we have? Do we? I'm, I'm assuming there's probably not many. Two. Who's playing this week? Michael. And this week is Pendrith and Michael Gligic. Two playing. There we go. So we will see if one of them can get in the mix. It's, it's an interesting week now. And that's a big compliment. Before we go to break here, guys, before we put a bow on today's show, big compliment. Because it used to be these types of weeks and these types of events where we would see five, six, seven Canadian flags. And then when we get to those designated those events and those key events, we'd have one or two. The, flip this, the, 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 the script is flipped. Now when we get to the big events, we have all these Canadian flags in the field, and we get to these smaller events, it's hard to find a Canadian flag. So that is a big compliment on the Canadian golf program uh, in present day of 2023. 20 weeks of TaylorMade back this week. Go to GolfTalkCanada.com. That's GolfTalkCanada.com. Register for free RPGA Tour Fantasy Golf Pool. We're giving away over 40000 in TaylorMade product throughout the year, weekly event, season-long Prizes across the board, including a trip for two to Casa de Campo and a full set of tailor-made golf clubs at the end of the year. So go to GolfTalkCanada.com. It's free. It's fun to register. We're back Wednesday for Golf Talk Canada Television. We're back Wednesday right here for Golf Talk Canada Radio. And we will try to tee up the Mexican Open and uh, see if we can find some diamonds in the rough, so to speak, on who might have a breakout week in Mexico. Because right now, starting to feel like John Rahm versus the world. Bob, get on the rain gear and put on your hail hat because that hail that was in the West End at your house about 30 minutes ago, it's arrived in the East End. Stay dry, <laughs> stay warm, boys. I'll see you Wednesday for TV. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management 
was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of Lightstrike and Lightstrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.